what's new guys it's been a minute since our last episode but we are back if you're like me and have not been having much success with your new year's resolutions here's to hoping february 2021 brings about some longer lasting change we're kicking off 2021 with returning guest johan koshi an engineer based in columbus ohio We pick up a conversation on habit building and dive deep into practical nuances such as fat shaming, intermittent fasting, habit loops, habit stacking, routines and rituals and the willpower bank. Okay, uh PS, this was recorded back in September of 2020, but I don't think our views on this matter has changed since. I found this conversation helpful and I hope you do too. So hey Johan good morning how are you doing today it's been a while good evening Karshik it's good to be back um i'm glad you asked me to come back on so i must not have done a terrible job for the first one <laughs> <laughs> i'm i'm glad you came back too mm-hmm. so so we we had an episode the last time about habits and uh, uh, i think a lot of people enjoyed it and they have maybe some more questions and we too wanted to discuss on a few few more things which we either forgot or didn't have time to bring it up the last time so that's what we are going to do today and i i want to maybe start off by talking a little bit about uh, the importance of habits for each person and why this is something that people should uh, consider if if they haven't already yeah that's a uh... interesting question and something that i've been thinking about recently as well so habits form the person you are and it's very closely tied with your identity so if you take the sum of some total of who you are that would be equivalent to the habits that you have developed in your life and so if habits are so closely tied with your identity then obviously habits are important part of your life because that kind of defines who you are as a person um so in the bible uh, looking at scripture for an example paul talks about three different people in his letter to timothy in second timothy he talks about a hard working farmer he talks about an athlete and he talks about a soldier and these are three people with single focus in their lives um toward the goal that they have set in front of them and so their habits in their life is ordered around this particular goal and paul is exhorting timothy that his life should also be similar to that in that um for him the particular area was to follow christ and to um suffer for the sake of the gospel and that singleness of focus is what paul was getting at there and so our habits uh, help us toward that end toward that mission or vision that we have for us for ourselves in our life and so i think that's enough reason um to say that habits are extremely important part of our lives yeah i think one thing uh, that you mentioned is that um i mean people say like it's it's not what i do that defines me it's who i am but i don't know it's it's i don't know how much we can uh, you know divorce the two right finally what happens is what we do is uh, who we are showing out into the world and that is one thing and even like these habits are not just you know public habits even your private life and things like that i think who you are uh, pours out into how you react to things and 
what your daily life looks like right i think it's a false dichotomy to try to separate those two it's like the faith and works argu- mm-hmm. argument that people make you know james says it really well show me your faith without your works and i will show you my faith by my works that is um a false dichotomy and i i don't think we should separate uh, who you are from what you do it's very closely intertwined so if you don't do what you say you uh, who you are and that doesn't align up then what you're saying about yourself isn't necessarily true yeah okay so here's a question that uh, i mean maybe people are not asking each other openly but i'm going to put it out anyway so when we come out of this uh, quarantine into are we actually going to come out of this <laughs> <laughs> in a hy- hypothetical world if if post covid is something similar to pre covid mm-hmm. they calling um, this the new normal is what they saying <laughs> so, <laughs> that's even more yeah. scarier so i think yeah yeah <laughs> so if if at all we do come back outside and uh, you know people return to normal in terms of interaction social interactions and things like that i think one question is is your weight going to be higher or lower than what it was before before corona yeah, yeah. so <laughs> so yeah well, what what do you think comes uh, to your mind when we talk about that and and also this is considered maybe a taboo or you know fat shaming and mm-hmm. maybe yeah, i want to discuss a little bit on what you feel about those terms yeah i think your question is a whole lot more pertinent because we are calling this the new normal and uh if we don't come out of quarantine or some level of normalcy to that end then uh and how long it's going to take we don't know right and so uh, in 2 years time if we see that your weight's going to be higher then there's something 2 years are lost you know <laughs> you don't want that to happen so i think it's important that we think about yeah. this question um and it's not just in terms of weight but in terms of other habits that we cultivate in our life every day uh the spirit is kind of unique in the moment of uh, history in that we live in um, not probably not for the entire world i'm sure like there were times like this before but in our lifetimes i think it's going to be kind of unique and what we do right now will affect the way we live in what we call the new normal or whatever so this is a question that i had to ask myself going into quarantine and i'm if you if you know me i'm i was overweight for the longest period of my life and my identity in a sense that we talked about in, in in the previous question was tied to that and so for me it was a important question that i asked myself because i knew like as soon as all these other social interactions were taken away from my life that i would go back to this identity and um it, it could have been really disastrous for me and so i had to question what i was going to do about this during this quarantine period and i took this question seriously like it's not it was not just a joke for me at that point it was a serious question about when i come out on the other side when things return back to some level of normalcy where will i be will i be 10 steps back or at least one step forward and um i had to yeah think about that and decide it, at the beginning of quarantine that i want my life headed in a particular direction and go at it with all all that all of my heart. And so um yeah, you touched a little bit about the grace of shame uh, or the 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 part about fat shaming and um I think it applies to any evil habit that people or evil actions and tendencies that people have. It's not just fat shaming. It 
could be multi- multitude of other reasons so i'm a very critical person and so people shame me for being super critical uh one of my pastors actually called me the armchair apostle because i sit on my armchair and make <laughs> critical judgments about other people and so he's shaming me in what i'm doing there and um there is a per- particular i know that it can it can be taken to the extreme and you can uh do real damage to people with the way you talk but there is a grace of shame that's been taken out of especially christian context in in the mirage of trying to be welcoming and trying to be loving um to all people and so all people and all habits uh especially evil ones need not be coddled and i think um there's this book grace of shame which read it at your own discretion but one of the things that i got back from i uh, got from that book reading that book was that there is an underappreciation for shame in especially in christendom and there is a grace to that shaming someone for um for a particular negative habit in their life if they're continuing in that habit right and that can become positive reinforcement if they decide to change So yeah that's my take on grace of shame I don't know if you have thoughts um yeah. on how it plays Actually, out when you're mentioning I I think something to balance out I think there's a way or like only a certain group of people we need to have this kind of uh, le- this level of interaction with and those would be like people in who you are maybe closely associated with people who have opened their lives to you and they're willing to be maybe rebuked or corrected and encouraged by you mm-hmm. we cannot go about um shaming people we don't know and things sure. like that and i mean it's it won't yield any fruit also if you think about that way and it's none of our business and waste of our time as well but for those who we care about we will worry if their you know their their life is not in order their um, just for the sake of examples their say their sleep cycle is going pretty bad uh their interaction with other people in the society is not very good and they're becoming very selfish it's good to talk to them in some ways maybe shame them but in a way that you encourage them also and give them pointers on how you can come out of that i think uh yeah i think that is how that is one way how we spur spur each other mhm yeah i think your uh your take on the motive behind that shame part um it is to bring grace right it's it's to bring um repentance to that person and so if i have that heart behind what i'm doing i'm sure like even though my words could be cutting i would love that person even after that so it's not like i'm going to shame him and then walk away but help him through that journey him or her uh, through the journey in repentance and so that i think it's very helpful yeah i think yeah that's good yeah, there are some things in our lives which maybe we may not know are bad <clears throat> but it might be glaringly obvious to other people but because of being maybe politically correct or or loving uh they don't tell us and that yeah just in the long run just becomes a negative thing right so the the negative part um of of it i think i can like talk from experience so i i was overweight growing up and everyone i mean people picked on me all the time and I had then developed a thick skin both literally and figuratively <laughs> because of this excessive shaming that I didn't care like what mm-hmm. people talked about me. I was like this I had embraced that identity uh and it was a negative identity but I still embraced it. I was like I can't do anything about this and this is who I am um and this is who I'm going to be and I had settled in that mode of thinking. So that had to f- change 
uh, right so i guess you can shame someone to the point of putting them down and i think that's where we have to be careful in not letting them embrace that identity and then being be stuck there um so that's that's i think a flip side to that argument about shame um so yeah i just want to like quickly i guess say about my journey through the yeah. quarantine um so i decided like when i decided i made a, a set a set of things that i do every day um so i decided to wake up in the morning go for a run um or a walk sometimes it was walk because i couldn't run at that point for ex- yeah. long mm-hmm. periods so and then i started running and it started just becoming something that was automatic in my in my life i would wake up and this is the first thing that i had to do i just knew that this is what i do and i did it so it became um something like autopilot in my life and yeah. there was another thing that i did i started lifting weights a couple of times a day uh, after work and those things really helped also uh, watching my diet and just trying to understand the science behind how my wi- mind works how food works how i might be using food as uh, a escape mechanism uh, being mindful of some of the things that were so deep in my mind that i or in my brain that i didn't think about it was almost involuntary and i had to catch myself doing those things and say hey this is not right you know um this does not define who you are and come out of that mindset so it was a lot of introspection thinking and um intentional development of habits and routines in my life that helped me change from that path and trajectory into one where i actually could lose weight and change my identity in that sense yeah and just for me to also if i can add from sure my personal experience it's um so i i would say like knowledge is it's pretty important also like trying to do your research about some of the things that we are discussing it might propel you to follow these habits little better than just like you know people telling oh do this do that like when you understand maybe the science behind it and later you try it out then you find out that you know things work it has positive impacts so some things that have been useful for me was uh, intermittent fasting um cutting out ad- added sugar and not snacking consistently you know between meals those are something related to eating and and something that really helped me with with that was this youtube channel called what i've learned he references a lot cites a lot of uh, publications on many things and about sugar and uh, that has helped me uh to take a little bit of uh, strong stances with the uh, with my consumption of sweets and things like that so yeah maybe like that might be helpful to others and the other thing about physical activity is that we we always uh, at least for me i always when i want to when i do some physical activity like say weightlifting it'll just be like for one day or two days in a row and i won't visit the gym again for another year or so but uh, that changed a little bit this quarantine when i started to walk and just jog around uh, below my apartment and and i think that is important because it's a uh, i decided to just walk for a kilometer or so a day and i was doing that pretty consistently and that and some days i would like do it for longer but that's small activity and it was something i enjoyed also and so that way the exercise was not much of a chore but something i enjoyed so maybe for you if you're looking into you know exercising or weight loss and things like that try to find some activity that is physically engaging but also that you enjoy 
and uh, if you don't know what that is just try everything that uh, that people are recommending and then you you'll find out what is good for you right and also i think you can you can have along with these hard to do habits like lifting weight is hard right and running is hard you can couple them with things that you might enjoy otherwise so like for me it was uh, uh, listening to a podcast while i was running or listening to music while i was running or lifting weights and so my mind is already engaged in something that i enjoy doing and the muscles of my body are almost involuntarily lifting weights or muscles of my leg are almost involuntarily moving and there was not so much of an effort that i had to put in myself and there were days when i didn't have music when i didn't have podcast and running was hard cuz i would know man it's been like 2 minutes of running would have felt like 30 minutes of running i'm like i'm done i'm going back walking or whatever and so um i think coupling you know some of the harder things with some of the things that you enjoy especially with technology and the availability of all these things in our fingertips if you can be smart about it then um you can do a lot more yeah i think what you're talking about is um habit stacking also in a way linking up different habits and uh, maybe some uh easy ones with hard ones and so that you you go on autopilot as we've uh, you know uh, discussed a little bit so let's let's talk about that little bit so there is this notion about how you learn habits or incorporate newer habits so three step process cue routine and reward so you see a cue something that's happening in your surrounding or with the time or where you're in the place that you're at and then you immediately you tie that with the routine so for uh, for my example something that i do in the morning when i brush my teeth is while i'm still brushing i go and water the plants so so my cue is when i'm brushing and i j- i started brushing so my routine is to walk uh, outside and go to my plants pour water and my reward is uh I I don't know what's my reward but I have a checklist <laughs> where I where I check it off and and even on my bad days at least one thing useful I did that's my reward I guess so but it has in the starting in the starting I would like forget quite a bit and uh, but now it's like it's like one of the easiest things that I do in my daily checklist so yeah that has been my experience with habit learning and this uh, routine and reward reinforcement mechanism yeah so uh, I I guess similar thing to that When I wake up I'll make up make my bed so that's the cue for me. And once I've done that I know the next thing I need to do is like get into workout clothes, put on my shoes and run. And that's the routine and the reward I guess is coming back and just being refreshed. Like I usually if I didn't do that I'll wake up and I'm groggy and I have start work and I don't know what I'm doing. It's just a mess. But when I do those things and then come back um there's there is a reward in that i can start the day fresh and i'm a lot more awake than i usually am um so yeah that is one and then after work i shut down my laptop and know the next thing to do is put on my workout gloves and that's um that's the routine i guess and then start lifting weights when i do that on the days that i do that and that's very helpful it triggers my hunger for for uh dinner and it's The reward is that I'm having a healthy or at least a hearty dinner. I don't know how healthy my dinners are, but <laughs> at least I'm enjoying it more than I would because yeah. I'm actually hungry and not just eating to satisfy, you know, some other emotional requirement. Right. Like actually when you think about it some of these habits like exercise, they are not they don't drain out things from you. They actually empower you and refresh you for the rest of the day. 
uh, yep. there is like studies for that also and um, some other examples that come to my mind which i've been doing is um if i'm attending a long f- phone call like like i can't sit and have phone call i can't like sit and talk to someone so i, I keep pacing up and down the house when i'm talking but mm-hmm. so one thing i started doing was if i start if there's a phone call and it's going for more than like 5 minutes immediately i pick up the broom and i start sweeping the house and uh, because like i don't need my physical body for the conversation it's just in my uh, head right so so i i do this when i'm at home another thing that i do is when i'm walking and i usually walk for about 20 30 minutes if i am walking so at that time i talk to someone and and that way i don't see the time passing by and sometimes it goes a little longer i i hit like uh, higher marks in my walking plan for the day and yeah. another thing pre covid was also when uh, commuting back from work or from home so the default is to listen to some podcasts uh, but i also like used to call up people and catch up with them and and you don't see the time flying when you are in a conversation and so the traffic doesn't hurt you as much and also you have like caught up with a brother that you haven't spoken to in a long while so those are like just some examples i've implemented and maybe yeah others might find some uh, ways to do the same in theirs right so i think what we're talking about here is there's a lot of routine that is required right so you have a queue and that has yeah. to happen uh, every day or every other day or whenever you want to repeat that habit so look for those cues and another thing that i've recently read or listened to on youtube or something uh, it was about a bank of willpower there's only so much willpower we have for a day um so it's important that you don't leave your best habits to the the last moment of your day because by that time your willpower is drained and once i think once your habits become uh once these actions or these uh, positive things become a habit in your life you don't need as much willpower to execute them it becomes a routine yeah, they're, they're on autopilot right but initially you need to stack them up or have them sometime during the meat of your day not toward the end of your day because um by the end of your day you're done your willpower is over and you're probably going to make the wrong choice um so yeah that's something that i learned and so i do many of these things that i want to do early on because otherwise i i know that i probably won't do it <laughs> yeah another uh, example that uh is like maybe quite useful now in this in this pandemic situation is that uh when i listen to like maybe long format youtube videos or uh, like i'm on a meeting but i'm not really needed or i'm not speaking in the meeting uh, immediately in the side i i pull up uh, this uh, website called uh, key.key.br or 10 fast fingers and i practice uh, touch typing so i've been able to improve my uh, words per minute by around 20 words per minute uh, during this quarantine so yeah those are maybe some examples where you can think about uh, linking uh, habits especially if you don't really has a willpower to do things and all link it to some event that's happening which is not in your control and you can maybe make the most out of the rest of your time exactly great stuff so yeah <laughs> so another thing uh, let's talk about is routines and rituals right so i i i can just share about a few things that i've heard so rich, rituals are like part of you know people's culture and uh, uh tradition and things like that so f- just for an example so from my family line uh, at least one or two generations back what what used to be the normal morning routine is like waking up at 4:30 a.m. 5 5 a.m. like that before sunrise you know taking a head bath 
sweeping the floor you know with water cleaning the floor you know keeping everything super neat and then um, going in the uh, entrance of the house having a rangoli or kolam in we say in tamil and you know, this is the time you also see the sunrise and uh, and later you get your milk you know you prepare coffee tea and then you start pre- preparing breakfast and then if you have children so you wake them up and then you know get them packing and ready for school or and you also get ready for work so these are like some things which are sort of unspoken and if you are maybe from a more orthodox uh, hindu family and all you might have some maybe incense and uh, burning and and maybe some bhajan songs and all playing in the morning and so these are like things that people have incorporated into their morning routines as maybe rituals or maybe it's not very consciously thought of i mean if you look at it like one way it's like oh you have to do so many things and you know like you're in bondage and and yeah maybe they are many people are but i i was thinking if we can look at some good aspects from them and take them um, and apply them to our settings so at least like right now for me um as a christian i want to spend the first waking hours of my time um as quiet time with the bible you know in, in prayer and reading god's word before i turn on the internet on my phone so so it's like once i complete this then only i am going to use my phone look at my phone have screen time and things like that so that was something that i thought you know morning routines can be implemented yeah i agree with that and um i think prayer is something that people struggle with I, at least i have struggled with a whole lot in my life and one of the things that i did recently maybe a couple of years back is had a schedule for each day the people to pray for each day so monday would be a particular set, set of people that i pray pray for tuesday would be another set and as soon as my quiet time is done i know the next thing i need to do is pray for these people and i go through that list every week and i have just seen myself grow in prayer a whole lot but it's it was a struggle it was like a serious struggle before i we all share about you know or i used to share about not being able to pray and all of that but there was no discipline there there was no there was nothing that was pushing me to do that uh, there was lack of order in my life and when when that was fixed prayer became a part and parcel of my life and so i started to care about people because i'm praying for these people every week i'm i want to know what's happening in their lives and um it it became all the more meaningful and was not not just a routine that i went through i was life giving yeah i think when we try to uh, separate some aspects which we are not good at like for example remembering people that we promised we'll pray for and into a physical medium or somewhere externally and then look into it i think that's a win win situation and i've tried doing something similar to that but i think what you told is a pretty important point which i should also try implementing yeah it it, it was transformational for me uh, to actually care mm. for people and pray for them um some days i walk through it real fast but some days i, <laughs> I yeah, actually yeah. go through every name and pray for all those people yeah and similar with that is nighttime routines also maybe you like to wash your face and feet with soap uh, i mean wash your face with soap uh quarantine <laughs> <laughs> stuff <laughs> covid <Yeah>. practice <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah now you have to be extra clean uh so something that i i was doing at least for a good time of quarantine is uh, i turn off my internet on my phone before i go to bed and then i i journal and uh, and i also read a book so so the last thing i do for sleeping is reading a book so it's not like my phone the you know the screen of my phone that i'm looking at before i sleep 
and uh, and also like it's easier for me to go to sleep too and it helps me to maybe fall asleep quicker because unlike a uh, smartphone where you just scroll through endless cycle of social media endless feed uh, it's a little bit restricted and also you 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 want to sleep also so yeah so <laughs> yeah. night time routines uh, are like pretty important and they help with your morning routines because then only you wake up on your decide time to right and i think I'll, i have tried to do what you said like read uh, before i sleep it's been helpful in reframing the way i go to bed usually i go to bed looking at social media and then it's it's the negative from there that puts me to sleep or sometimes it's positive it's not always negative i'm not saying that but it can be negative and it can be worrisome sleep because of what i saw or read uh, on social media but having a book some mostly it's a christian book or something that's helpful to life uh has changed the way my sleep habit and pattern and the quality of my sleep as well so it's it's subtle but it really i think makes a difference in the long run yeah i was just thinking about uh, the phrase right in in some someone i think uh, for our situation it is congenerations more like uh, meditating on the social media feed <laughs> yeah. the day and night <laughs> <laughs> you know, we we start off groggily scrolling through this and in the night we scroll through that till we're like ah nothing new is coming nothing exciting is coming and then you want to go to sleep that's yeah. the sad state we are in right now I, i watched this documentary called social dilemma yesterday i think all of us should watch okay. i don't know if uh, it's available in india but it's on netflix and it's pretty awesome hey editor kaushik here the show is available on netflix india and i got to watch it after the uh, podcast recording and it's really good highly recommend it just talks through how ai is manipulating us and controlling our thoughts today and we are so mm. oblivious to um what computers are uh, how computers are leading our lives uh, in the day to day so it would the whole show had a bunch of engineers from um google and facebook and all of that and at the end of the show this is the most striking thing all of them unequivocally said they don't allow social media at their homes for their children and there was an age mm-hmm. limit for them to get on social media and it was just it was eye opening that the guys who created the stuff won't allow their own family to uh use it yeah because they know what's up exactly <laughs> they know what's up <laughs> <laughs> yeah and now you guys do too so mm-hmm. yeah be careful okay so uh maybe we can end on like uh encouraging note or maybe a quote that uh, you know you are reading from a book recently yeah so i was with a group of guys recently and there's a book that jc ryle has written uh, thoughts for young men it's i would encourage all young people to read that and this is the second time reading it and this time when i read it he had an excerpt or he was writing about habits and that stuck out to me i thought that was really encourage- encouraging and eye opening and so i have this excerpt in front of me i can read that so this is how it goes Habits are like stones rolling downhill. The further they roll, the faster and the more ungovernable is their course. Habits are like trees are strengthened by age. A boy may bend an oak when it's a sapling, but a hundred men cannot root it up when it's a full full-grown tree. A child can wade over the Thames River at its fountain head, but the largest ship in the world can float in it when it gets near the sea. So it it is with habits the older the stronger the 
but the longer they have held possession the harder they will be to cast out they grow with our growth and strengthen with our strength custom is the nurse of sin every fresh act of sin less lessens fear and remorse hardens our heart blunts the edges of our conscience and increases our evil inclination and there's one more another part where he talks about it and i think this ties it up real well if you don't seek him when you're young the strength of habit is such that you will probably never seek him at all in this is in relation with seeking god seeking jesus and so this is just tied with our hab- uh, identity right so we come back to the topic that we were talking about initially that habits are so closely tied with our identity and so if your identity is rooted in christ and in living out uh, a life of mission for christ then habits are a very essential part of that uh, of that life and so that would be my um, encouragement to anyone listening uh, be rooted in your identity and build up habits that reinforce that identity yeah we are here for the long run and every little bit counts mhm yep exactly well that was a lot hope this encourages you to change small small areas in your life and bring about bigger changes to your health lifestyle and identity have a good one